Hello everyone. This is Shunali Shroff and this is Kiran Mandral and, and we, we are, are not, not your, your aunties. aunties. Hello everyone. This is Kiran Mandral and we're back with another episode of Not Your Auntie. I'm here with Shunali Kullar Shroff and today we're going to talk about the year that's gone by and what we're thinking about for the year that's coming. Shunali, what have been your greatest learnings from the year that's gone by? You know, it was, uh, I don't want to delve into the reasons, but it was a fairly challenging year for me. And I sort of uh, stayed afloat with a lot of uh, practice mindfulness and trying to be in the moment, which is the hardest thing in the world, right? We're always putting our happiness somewhere ahead of us. Hmm. You know, when I overcome this or when I get this or when I finish this episode or when I finish this essay and so on and so forth, right? Or go on this holiday, I'll be happy, then you're always happy in the future. But uh, life is happening in the now. So I think that I, for me, my personal experience really was that we try and run away from uncomfortable feelings. And sitting with those feelings and being in it helps you deal with them quicker, better, faster. Hmm. And centering yourself with some sort of a strong spiritual practice is the most important thing that you can even teach your children because uh, life will throw curveballs at you and there'll be all sorts of challenges. So my realization was that try and be in the moment, live without fear, have a strong practice that can, you know, keep you steady during turbulent times and uh, look at everything as an opportunity to actually grow. Like, that's lovely. Like you said in our previous broadcast, that life is a school. So I think last year has taught me that because when you are being battered by storms, everything seems absolutely hopeless at the time. You think things will never get better. We don't have the patience to suffer. We don't have the forbearance. So everything seems dark and you feel things will never get better and you do look at other people and you do look at their lives and you're like, Oh my God, how amazing are their lives? And will mine ever be like that? But the lives that seem amazing to Ashunali, and as you know, and I know, and all of us who are on social media know, they're not the real lives. Behind those very carefully curated lives, there is anger, there's despair, there's rage, there's jealousy, there's hurt. There's all sorts of emotions that don't show up. And it's so sad that we sort of measure our own lives against that, what is being put up for public consumption. Why do we do that? Why do we torture ourselves like that? I don't understand it. But uh, it seems to be a given in this day and age that we do it. We scroll obsessively through everybody's feeds. One of my learnings has been to not look at everyone's feeds and take them for the gospel truth. Hmm. To think about, you know, what is behind it. Okay, it's a lovely picture. They're on a lovely vacation. They look like they have the perfect marriage. And she's, uh, you know, it's a perfect house. It's a perfect family. But it's okay. I have a perfect house. I have a perfect family. I'm going to count my blessings and I'm going to think that, you know, it's all good with me. I'm not going to measure myself or my life with anyone else. I think that's been one of my lessons from this year. And it keeps me sane because at the end of the day, there's never any end to it. Yeah. You know, there's always someone who's having it better, who's living a better life, who's got a thinner waist, who's got better skin. Of course. And uh, that's just <clears throat> an endless cesspool of... Uh, negativity that you spiral down. But you know, Kiran, I think that it extends beyond Instagram. There was this one time that I had a little uh, 
years ago before Instagram, I had a little uh, pain in my tendon. Mm-hmm. And I took a massage and uh, I asked the masseuse to massage it a little too hard. And the same evening I had, I boarded a flight. I arrived at Heathrow uh, with my children. I couldn't walk. Oh, ma. I had to call for a wheelchair. It was inflamed and there was stabbing pain. And those two weeks of my holiday, I spent on a wheelchair. It was really, really mad because uh, I straight away said, I need an acupuncture, I need a treatment. Someone said, go to an acupuncturist. Uh, the acupuncturist, I did all sorts of things just because I wanted to utilize my holiday and be mobile. Yeah. And that acupuncturist was Colin Firth's acupuncturist. Oh, lovely. So the same hands that have touched Colin Firth have touched, touched my leg. Anyway, so. Uh, I wouldn't have been there. So I, I then, I remember that I was on this wheelchair in Hyde Park. And all I could notice was people with legs. Ah. And all I could notice was people were enjoying their limbs and their mobility. And even though I was only temporarily impaired, maybe I'm that sort of a person. I have zero forbearance and I hate suffering that I was bitterly angry. And I was even angry at myself that, you know, you will get fine. What about people who are permanently uh, wheelchair bound. So I know now we have Instagram to look at people's lives, but I doubt everybody is looking at Instagram and feeling, even when you step outside, you see people doing well, you forget that everybody has good days and the bad days. But as a woman, the other thing I realized was that as a woman and as a parent, you know, so much of your life is um, being a daughter, being a wife, being a parent, that you do forget about yourself. Now, I look at women in their 70s and having raised their children, the children are living in different parts of the city or country or world. Uh, these women sort of don't have a strong sense of purpose. Hmm. Hmm? And that is why I think religion and satsang was introduced because then you get out of bed every morning and you go and meet like-minded people in the same station as your life and exchange and come back with some sort of hope towards you know the next day. But now in the insular cultures that we live in, that also doesn't happen. So I, my greatest learning in this last one year, after seeing a lot of women in that age bracket is that I really must invest in myself, my career, my interests, uh, develop myself and truly, truly seize every moment of the life of my life for myself. I want to be selfish. My realization is to be a little more selfish. I think I had this epiphany when I was in my early 40s. I realized that, you know, I'm never going to be the perfect wife. I'm never going to be the perfect daughter-in-law. I'm never going to be the perfect daughter. I'm never going to be the perfect friend. The perfect mother I am. (laughs) Even if I have to say so. Even if I have to say so. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, I realized, what am I doing? I'm just negating myself for an idea of who I should be. Mm Mm-hmm. And who I am, I'm losing who I am in the process. And that's when I said, okay, fine, I'm going to do stuff that makes me happy. And that's how the first book came about. And that's how, you know, I shifted completely paths from being yeah. a freelance journalist to and becoming then you an author. so much. Yeah, because I just became selfish. When I'm sitting at the desk and I'm writing, I'm writing. But you held on to the consistency of being selfish. Like I get it in, I got it in bursts and spurts. <laughs> it will happen. Now that it's come to you, it will yeah. happen. Yeah. 
now you've realized it and uh, you will be selfish and it's a good thing to be selfish i keep saying this everywhere i go and they ask what is your message no, to women this has become my big mantra now be selfish just be selfish yeah. because no one will bother about you you have to be bothered yeah. about yourself also kiran like you know you when you make yourself too available for anybody they don't value your time absolutely when you take your time back for yourself they're like oh you don't prioritize us so you don't have time people are never going to be happy huh. okay so if you're selfish you'll take what serves you best and what gives you a good night's sleep you know i realize that men men work through their lives and then they some retire some don't and some don't make it beyond 70 as you know lifespans of women are longer but you need your uh own devices and interest in hobbies and you need to be really busy in your late 60s and 70s because that's when you begin to lose it mm -hmm. so you don't live in a joint family and they're in this insular individualistic culture that you live in what are you going to do when you're 70 the only people i find who are truly happy are who are creating right until their final years i mean you know god willing if the help with the health and everything is in In, in place, place, right? Nayantara Segal is still writing, writing and speaking and moderating or whatever. So I think that is my greatest realization. And so just two days ago, I saw <laughs> I saw a picture with snow, and I was telling my husband, "Oh, Japan snow is so good. Really feel like going." So he looked at me seriously, like, "Are you out of your mind?" Because we were just traveling this summer, and then he was like, "You know, you just have no logic, do you?" like you only want to go on holidays <laughs> and then i thought that actually i have what 21 good years left, left in my my life i want to do what i want to do absolutely okay of course you can't afford everything but i'm saying if i even decide to go you never know i might i'm not going but i'm just saying that i get that people keep asking me always running away and going away. i'm not running away i'm hungry you're hungry for new experiences and by talking about japan now maybe you'll manifest it <laughs> yeah i know but <laughs> the yen is uh, the yen had crashed in the summer yen is gone back again so you're not manifesting that now but you know when i speak about selfishness i don't say be inconsiderate a lot of people think you to be selfish you need to be inconsiderate yeah. to the needs of the others around you no you can be selfish by being considerate i'm glad you said that can you elaborate a bit on this as a woman if you are taking time out for yourself if you're doing the things that please you if you are investing in yourself if you're expanding your interests and your hobbies and your skills and yourself professionally it doesn't have to be at the expense of the people around you who depend on you maybe there are children maybe there are elderly people there is always a way to do it so that all parameters are met but Can without negating your needs and desires so let me person x could be mother mother in law hmm. wants you to come and visit her Three times a week. That is impossible. No, she's your neighbor. She's your neighbor. Okay, fine. Or lives in your house. Wants you to go to some Chennai mission with her three times a week. Ki beta, all I'm asking for is three to six hours of you per week. So, if you wish to do it, do it. If you don't wish to do it, if it is something that is taking away from your time, which you would rather spend on something else, yeah, then explain it to her politely, carefully, nicely. She'll be pissed off with you for a while. Yeah. but that's the choice you have to make but that is not essential to her well being now if you had to take her to the doctor in an emergency that was essential but that you would do but that's subjective now i mean she's thinking is essential to her well being she can't go by herself to chennai mission 
but or wherever. <laughs> but she'll have a driver to take her, right? Possibly, but I'm just saying that they become a little fragile as they grow older. They want someone to handhold them a lot. Yeah, they do. You know? But that's not something that they. I mean, if they're sensible, they will understand that you're not going to be taking time. Of course, yes. Yeah, but how are, often do you speak to your mom? Every day. How many times a day? Once a day. How long for? I'm not very good on the phone, so maybe hmm. five to ten minutes at the max. That's a lot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so no, because between you know uh, wanting to speak to children, husband, sister, mom, mother-in-law, so much of our time just goes, goes in those duty and calls. And then, and then uh, you know we've been this template that's made in our head that when you're even being selfish, you feel you are being inconsiderate. Okay, hmm. there's a very fine line there. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And and you know I tend to be either really properly inconsiderate <laughs> or being there's there's no middle path for me. Okay, zero. Like suddenly, I'll say I'm not going to be talking to anybody. I have too much work to do. I'll be rude to people, or I'm suddenly so available to people that my work has gone for a toss. Gone for a toss. Yeah. I've learned to rely on WhatsApp now. I will WhatsApp, and that's my mode of communication for most obligatory social, familial conversations. Mom is the only one I take time off to speak to every hmm. day, and I love of, that myself. I do the same. Yeah. I think the rest of it, unless it's urgent, unless it's an emergency, unless it's a happy birthday or happy Diwali, there's no need for frequent conversations. Yeah, yeah. You can just communicate what needs to be. And you claim back so much of your time, even social obligations. I used to be worried earlier, Shunali, if I said no, somebody would feel bad. Hmm. Now I realize I honestly don't care. I don't want to go. I will say I don't want to go. And uh, it's okay if I don't get invited back. Yeah. And I have not been invited back. And I'm comfortable with that now, and it doesn't scare me anymore to be the social barrier. I actually have done too much of that, mm. and so on. Not speaking of resolutions as such, but a few months ago, I decided that I'm not exactly sitting and making launching rockets. Okay, I don't work for SpaceX. That I'm so busy. I know people who are busier than me, who are doctors, who are birthing children, who are giving talks in hospitals, and they are. Cultivating their friendships and giving time to the social engagements. Okay. And I just can't manage doing too much of that. So I've decided that after seeing that again, this is again. I think suddenly I'm not going through an existential crisis. I'm going through a realization that time is limited, mm -hmm. and I am. Act we actually no longer middle aged. We'd be middle aged if lifespan was a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Over the hill. We are over our middle age, <laughs> and so that means that you only have this much time. I, at seventy, I suddenly can't decide. I want friends now. Mm. Okay, because what I've done is I made my children the fulcrum of my existence, and everything was about them. And so I only made commitments when they were at school, and not even that because I was working then, and so on and so forth. And I realized that I haven't really invested in my friendships. And I look at people. Who have such lovely plans and so many friendships and belong to so many. There's a travel group, there's a book reading group, mm. all sorts of things. There's a food tasting group, and people are really living their life and doing justice to everything. And I realize that I've just been conserving this time and doing squat with it. Mm. So I'm really going to be putting myself out there, and I'm going to be a little more selfish. And if any of my listener friends realize I'm not returning their calls, <laughs> and mothers and aunts, you should just know I'm being selfish. That's my mantra for this year. That's a good resolution to have to be selfish. You know, when you talk about these friendships, I realize, okay, fine, I don't want to do the social engagements, but I do want to meet up with friends one on one. Isn't it? 
I don't want to meet them in a big social gathering. No, no, no. I don't want to go for the you know parties and for the. No, but three, four girls meeting is fine. That's fine. But those huge get-togethers and all, I'm just shamelessly saying no. But you do get out a lot in smaller gatherings. I've smaller seen gatherings. on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> smaller gatherings. Give me three people, yeah. four people, two people. I'm good. More than that, I sort of clam up, and I I don't see the co- reason because you don't have conversations. Mm-hmm. There's just too many people to meet. You can't have a great conversation with anybody. You're just flitting around from person to person. Also, I'm not that interested in, in so many conversations. Absolutely. You know, the other day uh, I was at a lunch and um, I was talking to an actor friend who was also at that lunch and he wasn't drinking. And I said, uh, I was catching up with him after years. So I said, why aren't you drinking? So he says, oh. I hardly drink now because when I do, then I drink so much that the next day I don't feel good about myself. This is all of us in our late 40s and 50s, right? <laughs> Alcohol, we have realized we need to ration. Mm. So he says, and this guy is like very athletic also. So I said, but why did you give it up? He said, you know, aside from the fact that I don't feel good, conversations just get stupider because people, as they drink more, they start repeating themselves Yes. in a more exaggerated way. And he said, I realize that I have to think about myself. And my time. And so as a result of not drinking, I leave parties early, early. now. When people are still making some sense. Uh, and when they stop making sense, I go home because why should I drink more just to put up with their nonsense? So then he said, why are you drinking? So I said, I'm drinking because the same reason Hemingway drank, to make other people interesting. <laughs> and I am not joking. It is true. I do not drink because I love alcohol. I have very limited patience with people. And I cannot make small talk. And when I drink alcohol, I become interested in people's small talk. Hmm. That's you know, an interesting perspective. And actually, alcohol does that to your brain. Those people start, I start seeing something good in everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so you have your beer glasses on, <laughs> so to say. Exactly. So that's what it is. Hmm. But it's amazing. I was discussing this with a friend yesterday. Increasingly so, women are drinking um, still in our age group. More and more men are quitting alcohol. Men are quitting. I know I see it with my husband. He's really, really lessened. I mean, even the social drinking has gone down. Rations himself out. I think it's also health and fitness that no, comes. It's clarity of mind. It's health and fitness. fitness. But it's also now it takes a greater toll on your body than it yes. did when you were in your 20s and 30s. And my daughter's generation, my daughter is so aware. She's like, Mama, we all tried drinking and said, oh, wow, it's great. But I think it's really overrated. There was a very nice post on Instagram. I see all these twenty-year-olds doing Pilates and uh, yeah. drinking shakes and I know. whatever protein shakes and celery juice. And I don't even remember drinking water at that time. I know. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of health consciousness and awareness now. That's another learning for me this year. Yeah, I've become very aware of what I eat. Yeah. Very. Oh, I used to. Eat, you weren't always. No, I used to eat any junk. I'm still not eating very healthy, but at least I'm not eating junk. Hmm. I'm trying to get on some kind of fitness routine. I had zero fitness routine. Mm. Nothing. No walks, no nothing, no workout. So now I'm kicking myself to get some exercise in every single day. It's happening. Why? Because we realize we don't have time. We don't have time. Like the Buddha said, the problem is you think you have time. But you don't have time and all bodily purzes are falling apart. (laughs) And you hear the creaking of your bones. The 40s, 60s, the new 40 is BS. No. Nothing is a new anything. 60 is a you 60. You take care of yourself and then something may be something. 60 is 60, 40 is 40, 50 is 50. Yeah. 
We're kidding nobody. <laughs> and as the parts start falling apart, then you realize that you need to, you know, grease the wheels better and start yeah. getting on. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like earlier, we used to work out because of vanity. Mm-hmm. Now, some of my working out is because, like you said, that we want moving working parts. And also, I've got really terrified by the number of friends who've had uh, fractures and really serious fractures from little falls or little trips or little accidents. And that really? scared me. Oh, my God. And that's one of the reasons I started weight training. Mm, that, that's very important. Yeah. You know, by the way, so I've always been uh, health conscious with food. Very, very careful about putting good food in. And I don't do substance and edibles and all these things that people talk about and write about and you know you keep reading oh shrooms are natural and this is natural and that is natural none of this is for me and the other day something showed up on instagram it was called shroom coffee by ace blend and it said it gives you very sharp mental clarity and it's legitimate and these are legit shrooms and it wasn't cheap it was thousand bucks for a few sachets of coffee but it gives you hyper-focused to work and I am a perpetually distracted person so I ordered it and then I was really scared I said what if I like hallucinate or something nothing happened I took it were you super focused to work yeah it was okay I mean um, worth the thousand bucks is what I want to know I'll find out I mean I don't know if I talked myself into feeling hyper-focused or not but there are so many natural products these days that this uh, this research is being done and people are aware of, you know, food as therapy and food as healing. And I'm hoping that if the shroom coffee works for me, then I will turn out a book by the end of this month. Oh, brilliant. Because, uh, And yeah. it's recovered the cost. Then it's recovered the cost. Yeah. Well, but if I get hyper-focused and spend my hyper-focus on Instagram, then God help me. <laughs> I think that's more likely for all of us these no, days. No, but you know, I think that now... Um, I'm no longer enamored by it. Instagram? Yeah, I'm using it more for newsfeed. Speaking of which, like that Japanese earthquake. I know. My God, it looked like something was pixelating. What the hell was going on? Yeah, so, and that also made me realize, first of Jan, earthquake, my God, you really don't have time. Ah. I think that's my tattoo. I think that's a theme we're going to come back to for the rest of this year. We don't have time. But that's amazing. When you realize you don't have time, you won't waste a minute. Mm. Right? So not wasting a minute and in investing in yourself and in things that matter to you. And I, re- I realized that I know nothing. The depth of my ignorance is so vast that Siddharth here knows more than me. Much more. Okay? Much more. Yeah, he was just giving us some... Me, I speak for myself, yeah. not for you, of yeah. course. No, 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 it's true. I'm just saying that there's so much to learn, see and do that there's not a minute to get bored. I never understand when people say, I'm so bored. Yeah, but we, you know... There's that old thing that people who say they're bored are boring, boring people. people. Yeah. There's nothing inside their heads. My dad used to say that. Only boring people say I'm bored. bored. There's nothing in their heads to keep them entertained. Yeah. But I think the greatest gift our time gave us, not I mean our parents gave us too, was the gift of reading. Hmm. Right? Because I wonder that, uh, well actually those who don't read are spending time on YouTube now. We can't but blame them. We can't blame But I'm saying that knowledge, you can go on adding to it and increasing. And there's so much going on. And yet I meet people who are bored out of their brains. And they won't use OTT or YouTube or books to learn or to grow mentally. They're watching manifestation videos on Instagram. Yeah, they'll manifest that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Or they're complaining. They're putting up uh, emo posts on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn? You know, I, I, I loathe LinkedIn. 
I just haven't understood LinkedIn. People it's, are now putting emo posts on LinkedIn. Like what? Like this happened to me in my life and I was a disaster and this is how I pulled myself out of it. This is LinkedIn. This is a professional platform. If there's one more lesson I learned this year was do not go to LinkedIn for Gyan because you will only get emo posts now. Yeah, I know. I don't even have it on my phone. I have some sort of an account, but that's it. You know, things have to- gone haywire this year. People are putting in actual life advice and good career advice on Twitter and they're putting emo posts on LinkedIn. So I don't know wow. what to trust anymore. Really like cross-pollination of the wrong kind. You know, the other thing I did, Kiran, last week I deleted some shopping apps from my phone. Brilliant. Not food apps, but I deleted uh, a couple of other shopping apps because uh, on the one hand, you know, we whine about fast fashion. Even if I don't buy, when new collection has dropped and you just look at it and, uh, you know, it could be stuff for the house or it could be shop or clothes. And then invariably you'll say, huh, this looks nice. Maybe I want it. So I just decided that I'll buy high quality things. I don't care how much they cost. But I will not fill up my wardrobe with seasonal garbage that will just end up in landfills. And also I don't need so much. Oh my God, I'm being the cool old woman I always wanted to be. And now you'll wear purple. Yeah, I've decided that I'm going to be like Iris Apfel, that 96-year-old fashionista. Lovely. Who's always OTT. But everything is high value and none of it is fast fashion that's going to give us skin disease and kill some organisms when it ends up in a landfill. Yeah, and absolutely have you with a clear conscience when you wear it. Yes. That it's not made in some sweatshop somewhere. Yeah, Zara and H&M in the works. (laughs) Talking about Zara. Should I? Go on. I was at a Blue Dot hub or whatever to collect a parcel that had not been delivered because of an error in PIN code. The entire floor was only Zara packages. The entire floor. I swear to you, there was one Tira, one Nika, one, H- one or two H&Ms. The rest of it was all Zara and some assorted few Amazon. Mr. Bessos would have been very sad. Mm. You know, Amazon quality is... I don't know what they what kind of sellers they have now. <laughs> I ordered a fan for my staff where the drivers are sitting. They need a fan there. I ordered a fan online. It came with the broken part. They never come to collect it or exchange it. Okay? Oh, Lord. Okay. Then I ordered some rugs. Okay. Dharis. I needed just dharis for just the pa- common passages of the house. I saw a very good dari seller. I ordered. This was about nine months ago. And three months later, when I said the quality was really bad, I don't want it. They look like gunny bags. They didn't come to collect it. So I complained. They refunded my money. (laughs) But they still didn't collect it. Because there's a cost to collecting these things. So my staff was saying, we got three dharis for free. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying that there is no quality control. And I yet can't, I can't delete Amazon just yet. Because there are certain things you rely on Amazon for. But the quality of stuff they're keeping is horrible. And Cloudtail, when you see Cloudtail, that's their own seller. Mm-hmm. So their most recommended is always Cloudtail. Okay. But that doesn't mean it's the best. It just means it's their own, se- their only selling. It's Amazon's own company. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So you deleted all your shopping apps? Yes. I think I only have Zepto, Blinkit, Swiggy and Zomato. What is Blinkit? Food delivery. Oh. No, and grocery delivery. I use Danzo for that. Dunzo also, yes, that too. 
So I think mine is only last minute, not being prepared, not being stocked. That kind of <laughs> those apps are there. Okay, good. So if I can't find anything on one app, I have to go and find it on another app. Ah, that so the, those I still have, but all my fashion shopping apps from India and abroad are all gone. In any case, I'm pathetic at online shopping. Hmm. The idea of what I look good at online and what I end up looking like are two not even from the same planet. You know, but most things would fit you and stuff, and you. It's not that. It's just that the. It's different on the model's body, and it's just whatever. I'm done. Yeah, I'm just so happy that in this year I've grown many years. <laughs> so, what's your big decision for this coming year for 2024? I think to be consistent with my exercise, to be consistent with my meditation, and to work a lot, and like I said, to claim my time back for myself. Lovely, lovely. I think for me, it is to stop. Getting frightened of things that I think will challenge me, and to say yes to a lot more than I've been saying yes to, just to have the courage to say yes and Great. see where that takes me. How nice! I wish we were like this when we were in our twenties, when we needed to be cool. <laughs> I think we were isn't pretty, it? We were pretty cool. Life works backwards. <laughs> no, no, but we're full of uncertainty, then confusion, and needing validation. And how nice! To be our age and start feeling so sure about things, how amazing! It says all these I years think, oh, to get here. Middle age is empowering suddenly. Absolutely, more yeah. power to us. More power to us. And with that, this is a wrap on this episode of Not Your Auntie. This is Kiran Manral, and this is Shunali Kular Shroff. Write into us. Uh, tell us what you liked and what you didn't like. I'm at Kiran Manral on all social media. I'm Shunali Kular Shroff on Instagram and Shunali Shroff on Twitter. See you next week. Ciao.